Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Qualifying had us dreaming of a Ferrari win at the home circuit, but it was the champion-elect who put in a 10 out of 10 performance to claim victory at the Temple of Speed today. Welcome back to episode number 326 of Grid Talk. Today we're here to discuss the 2023 Italian Grand Prix. My name is George Housen and joining me today we have Grid Talk co-host Tom Downey. Hello. And Wayne Medford. Hello. As well as Phil Matthew from the Grip Strip Podcast. Hola. But before we get into the episode, we must thank our sponsor for this episode, Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting and your favorite casino and uh, card games available to play right from your phone. Head to our, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And today, unfortunately, we're going to start with uh, the AlphaTauri drivers. Uh, Yuki Tsunoda didn't even get off the line. He had some sort of engine failure before the race started, so that's a DNS to his name. Uh, Liam Lawson, though, he had a decent day, uh, ended up in 13th. Probably the best he could really hope for uh, this weekend, Tom Downey. But I think more than anything for Lawson, it's just putting himself in the shop window. I think at this point, it'd probably be quite surprising if he doesn't get a full-time Alpha Tari drive for next season. You surprised me then with my full name. I thought I was in trouble. Um, yes, no, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, no, honestly, I, I'm really impressed with Liam Lawson. I know he's only been in for two race weekends. And I know Monza goes, oh, it's easy to it, Monza. I mean, it made... Um, what's his face? The other Dutch one look good last year. Um, Christ, what's, what's his bloody name? Nick De Vries. Yeah, him. Thank you. So, so, <laughs> genuinely, genuinely, my mind went completely blank then. Um, that says a lot about how forgetful he is. Um, you, you know, it was it, it was it was a, a good weekend for him. You know, in a circuit where the AlphaTauri struggled, you know, at least he's made it round both formation laps. Um, you know, you know, I mean, you know, just touching on Soda briefly, just a side note. There's nothing to say because it's a this is a race review and his car conked out on the first formation lap. So feel for him, you know, of all the times you had to conk out, that's one I'd want at least of all. You know, because he's done all the work on the weekend. But yes, you know, you can't do much about that, sadly. But yeah, Lawson, I'm really impressed. To the point where I think what um Alpha Tower should do, when Danny Rick comes back. Do they take Yuki out that seat? Because he's been in that team for three years and he hasn't really showed many signs for improvement. You know, just throwing that one out there for some spice, and I'm not saying we discussed that, but you know, Liam Lawson in what is the worst car on the grid and did a two-stop strategy, we should point out, um, was on the fringes of the points. You know, a couple of other things going his way. He he could have had a point in Monza. And that Alpha Tauri is not a quick car. Yes, it's got the Red Bull Honda Ford powertrain powered by Red Bull Ford Honda, um, but it's but you know it, it's it's you know it's still fundamentally quite a draggy car, and as we saw, it struggles with pace. So I'm really impressed with Liam Lawson. I think he's been in that seat for the rest of the year, get some good seat time because Danny Rick is a bit of a known quantity. Unfortunately, he's a bit. You know, he's a shadow of his former self, you know, after he went to McLaren and got rinsed. Um, but yeah, you know, just, you know, 
we need to see Liam Lawson in that car because he's doing bits at the minute and it, it would be a gross injustice if he gets taken out of it, if you ask me. It would be a gross injustice, but yeah, uh, like you mentioned, uh, three into two does not go. And when Daniel Ricciardo's back, which he might be for Singapore, Sophia's been saying a few times on a few of the shows that it's more likely to be back for Japan, but whenever he's back, he's going to be back at some point this season. Do you put Ricciardo in the car? Do you leave Lawson in there? It's a tough one. I don't see Sonoda going anywhere, personally. I think he's doing a decent job, to be honest, um, especially considering how bad he's been in the past. I think this season he's actually doing all right. So, But who knows? It's uh, you know it's AlphaTauri, but it's owned by Red Bull, and um, predicting them is uh, is very, very difficult. Um, likewise, Alpine as well, Owain. Um, They had a very good weekend at Zandvoort last weekend. Uh, Gasly getting a podium, fully deserved. Great strategy calls with that one. Uh, but absolutely back down to earth in this one. Esteban Ocon ended up in 19th. He didn't finish some sort of mechanical failure, I believe, was what afflict- was afflicting him. Pierre Gasly down in 16th. Uh, the car just not having a fun time along the long straights in Monza because of the Renault engine. And it wasn't exactly a fluke either. They were really bad in qualifying too. I think this is one where they just got to chalk it off as a bad weekend and move on. I mean, if they did that, they'd have to do that for every weekend. I mean, yeah, like you say, they did really well in Zandvoort, but this is, you know, back to business as usual. Um, yeah, it was a. I mean, to be honest, you you've pretty you've covered it pretty succinctly there, because um, you know, Gasly was the I believe the first to pit. They had a terrible stop, uh, couldn't get the jack to engage, and I think that's indicative of uh, of Alpine's season so far. It's um, it it I, I it's not as bad as like the McLaren of uh of 2015 but it's like you know for a works team this is abysmal um and it and it makes it look bad you know a part of me is now thinking that they only changed the name to Alpine so that people wouldn't be um associating their poor performances with Renault that's how bad it is um you know I I I really I struggle to see what they what what what's the plan here they they seem useless toothless yeah it's uh they are they are very inconsistent that is there that is the problem they do have the odd very good weekend but they are a long long way from that third or fourth place in con- the constructors championship which they're aiming for at the start of the season so yeah this is not a good one absolutely you expect to be better in singapore less less reliant track in terms of power but catching mclaren is going to prove very difficult I don't see it personally. Um, then again, I'm a little bit biased on that one, of course. Um, another team that's had a, a very, very bad weekend this weekend is uh, is Hasfil. Uh Hulkenberg, 17th. Magnussen, 18th. I don't really even recall seeing him much this race, apart from when they were in the frame, when uh, when they were a lap down, the Ferraris and uh, the Red Bull of Sergio Perez were battling out on track. Um, very hot track temperature today. We know that Hass struggle. Uh, to control the temperature of their tyres. It, it, was, it was a recipe for disaster, really. Yeah, they didn't have anything this weekend, and that's probably a sign of what the rest of the season will be. A lot of places they're going to be going to the rest of the year will have uh, higher temperatures or and higher deg, like uh, Singapore here in a couple of weeks' time, Las Vegas, you know, Austin. Mexico. So yeah, it's uh pretty bad for uh Haas. And um I don't know what the expectation is. I don't know what they're aiming for, but you have Williams going out there and doing such a great job 
at least with Albon in both facets. Um, Logan is terrible at qualifying, but at least he shows up during the race at times. Uh, but yeah, the Haas team is just, it's a rudderless ship. I, I seem to always get them. It must be a joke at this point that I always seem to get the Haas team so I can go and rant about them, but it's getting old, uh, because they're not good and, um, it doesn't change and it isn't going to change. Uh, they can change the drivers. They can change the sponsors. It's still Haas. It doesn't really matter. Um, they were irrelevant today outside of getting lapped. Um, but we'll, I don't think there's much to, they're not going to score points. Uh, it'll be very hard for them to score points the rest of the season, the way they're, they're running at the moment. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't plan out the, uh, the order that the panelists, um, talk about the teams and I do usually give try and give uh, give you Haas Phil because you are American but unfortunately yeah it's not there's not usually a lot to talk about when it comes to those those guys um yeah they're just they're just coasting now to the rest of the season hope they don't drop further down the constructors standings and you say about them changing the drivers they're not going to change the drivers I believe Hulkenberg and Magnussen have uh, extended for a year next year so they will have the same drivers which is a good thing in a sense they're not the problem it's the, it's the car really that's the problem um Another car that's proven to be a bit of a problem at the moment, Tom, is uh, is Aston Martin. Um, Fernando Alonso doing his absolute best, getting ninth, benefiting for, from um, uh, from Oscar Piastri uh, falling down the order late on. Uh, Blanche Stroll in 14th, which you know you can pick on him all you want for that, but the car has just seemed off. And for a car that was second fastest at the start of the season, now they're comfortably behind. Uh, behind cars like uh, the Williams at certain tracks like today. It's it's a real fall from grace for them. Yeah, so covering off the team element or the car element, you are right. They have fallen down the order when it comes to development. They started off with a bit of a bang this season. Well, you know, very much a bang. Um, Stroll on his bike had a bang. Um, and now, um, you know, and, and now they, they have sort of slightly, slight, well, not, not slightly, they, they've fallen to P4 in the constructors. I said before, you know, are they, you know, they're going to be tossed to P three in the constructors. They have, as it stands, because I believe Ferrari overtook them today with, you know, with P three four on the road. Alonso is dragging that team along, and oh boy, Lance Stroll, right? How, how can he be so far off his team? I know we talk about gaps between teammates, and Stroll, honestly, right? You know, yes, your people will say, oh, but he got a. You got the pole position in the final thing, yeah. Yeah, well, good for or whatever it was called at the time. Good for him. That was three seasons ago, and you can't keep living in the past. And if anything, he's got worse since then. You know, you know, he is. You know, he is. He qualified plum last yesterday, and he had no pace at all. And the only reason he's in that team is because of his dad. If his dad didn't own that team. And you know, if it was a different team, you know, if if there wasn't, you know, you know, if there wasn't a, a direct backing involved, even if there wasn't direct backing involved, at some point a driver has to go. And I'm sorry, actually, I'm not. I'm not sorry at all. Lance Stroll has to go. He is not good enough for F1. Yes, he's had a pole position. He choked the win. Yeah, you know, he starts on the front row here. What 2017? He choked it, and he has just gone downhill. You know, at the very least, in F1, in life, whatever you do, you must at least maintain the level you are at, especially whilst you're going through a sort of development phase. Because he's been in F1 since 2017, 
and a lot of drivers have come and gone since then who have performed arguably better. You know, he, he's um, you know, he he is yeah. You know, Phil just said it in the chat in the front of the start in the twenty twenty on the on the restart. Yeah, he choked the win then because that car was rapid. You know, he got a fresh change of tyres and he he could should have won that, but no, he finished P three in 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 the end. And you know, it's just I, I'm getting a bit fed up of going in on Stroll, but he's not changing. He's getting worse, and he's so blasé and he's so arrogant about it that's what frustrates me because he shows these glimpses where he could be he could be a genuinely good driver but he, he you you see these glimpses you know where he'll pull off a move or something. he's done a couple of good overtakes this season but then he does so many daft things and he and he he has points where you just think what on earth are you doing and this weekend was just another example of that. He was an average of eight tenths off his teammate today, and that is not good enough. But nothing's going to change because Daddy owns the team, and I hate bringing that up, but it's painfully obvious now. You, you know, I, I can't disagree with anything you said there. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's 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 not good enough from Stroll. Really, the gap is is massive. Between him and Alonso, yes, Alonso is still world champion, amazing driver, absolutely. Um, and you thought maybe Stroll could have done decent in the car, but as the car's got worse, he's got even worse on top of that. So it's uh, yeah, it, he's needing it. Well, I say he's needing; he doesn't need because obviously he's going to be signed on for next year if he's not already. Um, but in terms of his performance and his, you know, his, his overall reputation and stuff as a driver, needs to do better. It's not really good enough. But at least Lonzo got a few points for the team today. That is good. Although they will not be happy at Ferrari overtaking him in the Constructors Championship. Ferrari up to third. Aston Martin down to fourth now. And it's been coming for a little bit, to be fair. So we'll see how that kind of progresses from there. Um, next up, we have uh, Alfa Romeo, Owain. Um, Grand New Joe, not very good today. Uh, down in 15th. Um, but Valtteri Bottas... Got a point, tenth place, their first point since Canada. It's been about four months, I think, since they've scored any points. Yes, you could say they were a bit lucky, but only two retirements today, so it's not that many. Um, that's a, that's an encouraging sign for them in their battle with Haas. They're only a point behind Haas in the constructors championship now. Yeah, I mean, I think let's be honest, they're going, they're probably going to overtake Haas because Haas. I mean, they're the only team to be lapped today, and uh, and you know despite the sort of the, the speed of the car not being great and which is a shame actually we didn't see too much of it in that lovely livery that they uh that alfa romeo were running um yeah i can i can fully see them going forward uh in the next few races uh you know stealing a point in a hero there you know that actually bottas did a pretty good job it's the kind of jo uh, job that you'd expect out of bottas he's he is a you know he's a 10 time grand prix winner obviously um but yeah, I mean, sort of nothing. I I, I felt like nothing really happened. The, the the most thing, the most sort of notable thing about Joanne Bossas was that they were sort of, they were the people that you wanted to get ahead of when you were pitting for. Uh, well, the guys in front were wanting to uh, get ahead of, um, and not be sort of stuck up behind. Um, but yeah, I didn't. Yeah, you know, there's, there's, it's kind of, it's a good performance, but it's kind of an anonymous performance from them both. Yeah, I mean, that's that's Alfa Romeo in a nutshell this season. They they are quite anonymous. You don't really see them aside from seeing the names on the timing tower. That's kind of it, really. Um, but the important thing is that they got a P10 today. That's huge for them. That's the first points in a good many rounds, and hopefully it'll 
kind of spur them on in their battle with with Haas because um, Haas are not picking up any points anytime soon. That last Haas's last points came in Miami, so even longer ago. So, so yeah. Uh, but we'll move on. Um, we'll move on to Williams next. Uh, in my notes for the race today, I put that Williams equals rocket ship. Um, that thing was absolutely incredible in a straight line. Uh, Alex Albon, I, I mean, a spoiler alert, I'm going to put him as a driver of the day today. I think he was fantastic. The guy was on an unbelievable uh, defensive drive today to fight off the the McLarens and uh, Lewis Hamilton as well. He was he was brilliant today. Uh, ended up in uh, seventh place. Had a great qualifying as well yesterday. Logan Sargent so close to his first points, eleventh place, just missing out. Uh, but Phil, very encouraging for them today. Um, it's unrealistic for them to expect to expect them to beat Alpine in the constructors' championship. But pulling further clear of Haas will do them no harm at all. Yeah, it shows. I mean it proves once again how you shouldn't give up on certain people or dismiss their ability or talent in the likes of Alex Albon uh also having James Vowles come into the uh, into the team and and bring a stability to Williams that hasn't been there for decades um they do have a good car and now they're going to continue building on that uh Albon has been able to show in qualifying his prowess on one lap, but he also has shown his uh, his knowledge and ability in defending because that car has become as wide as anything there is in the world of Formula One. Um, holding off his buddy uh, Lando Norris and uh, McLarens when he probably should have been uh, boat raced by them uh, was huge uh, and Honestly, I got to give him credit as well, because with the penalty we're going to talk about here in a moment, uh, Albon actually helped out Lewis Hamilton um, by holding up the McLarens there, too. So um, it was a good day for him. Good day for the team. Uh, Logan, the qualifying still is a bugaboo for him, but. Uh, his race, he's able to do stuff more races than not. He's able to do move up and actually have it uh, make himself a factor. He's just, it's just a little bit right now. Um, I, I know that I really feel like it's going to happen at some point here before the end of this year. There's plenty of rounds to go. He will get that point. They're in a good position too because there's teams that are just completely out of sorts or completely completely not even existent uh, like Haas or Alfa Romeo or Alpine, which when they decide to actually show up, you know, so I think Williams is on the uh, upswing, even if they're not developing their car anymore, um, which I think is great, which is crazy to say. So um, it's nice to see Williams back up in a relevant position, though. Yeah, absolutely. I I really enjoyed watching that. Um, today the, those battles between uh between Alpine and the McLarens in particular was fantastic. You know, just going side by side at two hundred miles an hour around the curve of Grandi into the um Del Roggio chicane. That that's that's brilliant. You know, that's the stuff that we uh that we want to see at the end of the day. Um, and as well, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, we'd love it if you could leave us a five star review 
on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're one of the 72% of people who aren't yet subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a like and a subscribe. We usually do go out live after qualifying and the race, just like we're doing today. And you can join us on the uh, on the post show as well in the live chat. Um, and we can answer some of your questions too. So, so yeah. And be sure as well to... Uh, uh, follow or like or whatever it is on whichever social platform it is uh, for our at Grid Talk UK uh, account which is on every single uh, social media it's got an at symbol so search us up on there if you want to hear more from us uh, so let's go on to uh, McLaren next Tom I just gave him a little mention there they had a, both drivers had a battle with Alex Albon today um, uh, Lando Norris ended up in Eighth place, couldn't get by Albon in the end, try as he might. Um, Piastri, I must admit, when I first saw the incident with, with Sir Lewis Hamilton and Piastri, I did think, Piastri, what are you doing there? But after seeing the replays, very clearly uh, Hamilton's fault on that one. And the guy is very much hard done by having to change his front wing, dropping out of the points. Um, so unfortunate for him. Uh, but still, encouraging pace in the car. And I think, to be honest, other than maybe overtaking Albon, that's probably the best uh, that Norris in particular could hope for. Yeah, to be honest, um, the McLaren, you know, they've had some fantastic races recently with good pace and, you know, almost getting on, uh, you know, sort of getting within a, you know, within a whisper of pole position uh, somewhat. In um, uh, Zandvoort last week, it's, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a fall back down to earth for them because they've, they've been riding a wave and rightly so. Um, but I think a weekend where we were expecting them to do really well, uh, or you know, perhaps slightly overhyped. I know I'm certainly guilty of overhyping them for, for this weekend. It's not quite happened for them. Uh, I was a bit concerned when um, I can't remember which car came out of the pits, uh, but they clashed at turn one. I thought we were going to see a bit of a, almost a bit of a puncture in someone's side pod at that point. Because that was, uh, you know, sort of the team would have intervened at that point and said, you know, I, I think it was Piastri coming out of the pits and he was fairly determined to make it past Lando. Or it might be the, the other way around. I honestly cannot remember who it was um, who was coming out of the pits and then who, who went ahead. But either way, the team should have perhaps played that one a bit safer. Um, and, and 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 you know either pitted you know a lap earlier or you know just just bought, you know, just born the one driver of the other one approaching turn one, but ultimately drivers hate it when they see themselves getting undercut in the pits. You know we see it a lot with Ferrari, who I really hope I get later on. Um, you know and it's uh, you know it's I I really felt for Piastri with that contact with Hamilton because you know because I, I maybe I'm, I'm a little bit biased, but I I don't see that Piastri did anything wrong myself. No, he, he was he was he was he was over to the right. If Piastri would have been say in the middle of the track, I'd have a very different outlook on it. Because if he was in the middle of the track, he would have put Hamilton in a position where Hamilton would have had to have moved to the right to make the corner. Um, you know, otherwise Hamilton would have been in the gravel. But no, Piastri was he was over to the right. It was a shame because it, it ultimately ruined his race. You know, his front wing was hanging off. He had to go and pit for pit for a new one, and then he got the fastest lap. Uh, and then got a five-second time penalty because he went wheel-to-wheel with Liam Lawson through Della Rocha and did a hop, a hop, skip and a jump over the curb. Didn't give the place back, and yeah, it was a bit of a slam dunk. So I think perhaps there's a bit of frustration in that from, from Piastri. Uh, Lando just spent most of his race moaning that he was faster 
Um, and he channeled his inner Lewis Hamilton on that one. Yeah, Piastri definitely unfortunate with that one. Um, few few incidents of uh, cars hopping over chicanes, uh, including what happened to George Russell of Mercedes. Um, I can't remember who he was battling with off the top of my head, but he uh, overtook off the track, got a five second penalty. Uh, Hamilton also, like we mentioned before, got a penalty for uh, it was Esteban Ocon that um, that Russell was battling with. That was right. Um, so Lewis Hamilton as well getting a five second penalty. I think both those penalties were probably deserved away, but it didn't change the the outcome for Mercedes. Fifth for George Russell and sixth for Hamilton. It is a good result from what wasn't an overly great qualifying by them. Yeah, obviously it's a, it's not. It's not really good enough by their standards. Um, yeah, you know, Hamilton starting eighth and finishing sixth belies the sort of nature of the race. You know, he really had to, uh, he, you know, he really had to sort of, um, you know, really race everyone, um, which is sort of, it's more rare that you see that now. Um, it was 100% of fault for the, uh, for, for uh, the incident down at the uh, second chicane. Um, he was moving across right. Uh, Piastri, couldn't you know is not obliged to use all the road that he you know he could have been a, he could have been a bit further right but yeah he didn't need to be um you know he rightly got a five second time penalty for that um Russell I think it was uh who was he oh yeah no um he, he was too far ahead of uh Ocon by the time that they should they would have had to give it back and um you know they honestly it was just have to keep going and and I think as uh as the communications director very um very eloquently put or very diplomatically put you know it's uh it was academic at the end of the day um with both of them they had the lap time speed by the time by the end of it but um they'll be sort of you know i I don't know whether this is going to continue with the ferrari's form ahead of them um because ferrari had a very quick car but the you know mercedes won't be wanting that uh to continue um yeah, I think they've sort of accepted this. It, it, it wasn't their sort of, uh, it wasn't their track. It wasn't their race to win today. Um, they just got to take what they can get out of it, which is a, it's been a decent result. And I think they should be, uh, they should take a little bit of um, solace in the fact that they, you know, Russell was battling with, uh, with, with Perez and keeping him behind for quite a while in, 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 in the car that, you know, eventually ended up second. Yeah, Russell in particular looked very quick in the early stages of the race and uh, Sir Lewis Hamilton as well, despite complaining about going onto the medium tyres uh, so early, they looked very good by the end. He pulled out a big old gap on Ocon and not, uh, Ocon, Albon in not that many laps. Um, so yeah, not the best, not the worst for Mercedes. Best they realistically could have hoped for given the uh, pace of the different cars. Um, now I know Tom, uh, <laughs> I know Tom requested a Ferrari, but I'm going to give it to uh, give it to Phil for this one. Don't worry, Tom, you get Red Bull, which I'm sure you're going to love very soon. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, Ferrari, obviously, car signs, birthday boy, getting pole position yesterday, uh, held off Max Verstappen for 15 laps. He, I don't know, I think it was probably Alonso who coined the phrase, but uh, he fought like a lion. He gave it absolutely everything to keep that car behind. And I was loving it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, in the end, wasn't enough. Flat spotted his tyres. I mean, but the, th- the thing that I'd ask about Ferrari, despite a 3 4, which maybe is, it, it could have, you know, it could have potentially been a little bit more had they been a bit more savvy with, uh, with Leclerc. For letting him buy signs because signs was really struggling. Leclerc looked a lot faster at certain stages. So despite the three four, Phil, was it was it more Ferrari strategy errors that were causing that? No, I think he was a smooth operator. Yeah. Smooth operator. I wanted to do that so bad. Um, but yeah, he did a great job on 
Saturday, uh, since he is a driver for Ferrari, and um, prove that he probably should be treated more as an equal than his, the Monagast, who everybody makes a big deal about. Um, I mean, I think more about what, yeah, sure, could they have let him go earlier in the race? I think that probably would have been the strategy. They were literally talking about it on on the broadcast where they were going to have, if they had Leclerc undercut, he would have passed signs and signs would have ended up holding the bag and forth. But um, in the end, signs had, I guess he earned that opportunity there to defend. I mean, Charles Leclerc did everything in his power to almost crash both of them out of the race. Um, I was having that uh, discussion with Dev, former uh, contributor or contributor here on uh, Formula, on the grid talk and all, and we talked about it. And, you know, Ferrari gets a 1-3 in qualifying. Uh, Leclerc's whining about he didn't get a draft. Then he's sitting there, they're in, they're in first and third. He's whining about not having uh, DRS. Then he's whining about he can't pass Carlos sign. Then he's whining that his pants don't fit well. Like, at what point do you just go and say, freaking get on with it and pass the guy? You're, you're supposed to be, quote, the better driver. You are the chosen guy at Ferrari. But, you know, the, the, the guy that they hired from 18 other teams, he's driven for 18 other teams and actually didn't get destroyed by Red Bull, which is a miracle. Um, you know, actually went and and has given you the business. And I I give uh, Carlos Sainz credit for how he's handled himself. Uh, probably the upbringing when your dad is a legend, um, having to deal with all that. Um, and also looking up to uh, Fred Alonso and seeing how how much he screwed up in his life. Um, that probably helps with that. But um. In in terms of Ferrari screwing up the strategy, I mean, they actually had decent pit stops today. They gave themselves an opportunity. In the end, they, of course, they didn't have the pace. If Checo wasn't a shell of what he used to be, there was a possibility they actually could have finished second and third. So, um, I mean, uh, I, I give credit to Carlos Sainz. I think Ferrari, for what this weekend means to them and to the fan base, the best they could have expected here um it could have gone worse there was possibilities of it to go worse but uh i i think uh it was a good deal for them uh relative to what they've done most of the year a red hot take on the red team from phil that's why i gave you ferrari <laughs> yeah no i'm with you on that i mean i think i think to be honest it would have been very hard for him to keep perez behind but I do think if they were a bit smarter about it, if Sainz just kind of gave, gave Leclerc the DRS, because I think Leclerc could have held off Perez if he had the DRS still, but that, that gap opened up eventually. But it is a very difficult thing to do. It's a very th- difficult thing to do when you're driving at 200-odd miles an hour around four different points on the track, because you know it's easy for us to sit here and say this. They're the ones in the cockpit when it's 50 degrees on the track and, and everything's all going off around them. Um, but in the end, it could have been better, could have been worse. Um, but still, a podium for signs at Monza for in a Ferrari as well. That's something I'll never forget. That's something I'll never forget for the rest of his days. 
Um, and something else that we're not going to forget about is uh, Max Verstappen making it 10 wins in a row, which is a new Formula One record. No one has done that. There's a few different ways that people counted the nine that I believe Sebastian Vettel and Alberto Oscari had back in the day. There's some conjecture about that. What counts? What doesn't count? Indy, does, does Indy count? You know, things like that. But that's that's all to the history books now. It's 10 out of 10 for Verstappen, Tom. And, it was a it was a great race for him today, to be honest with you, to come back like he did, uh, second in qualifying. But, but yeah, uh, Perez as well came back decently well. It took him a while. He had some very good he had some very good battles with uh, George Russell and the Ferraris. Um, one two for Red Bull. I mean, yeah, take it away. There's nothing really much more to say other than that, to be honest. <laughs> no, I you know, and it's not only is it a record for Max, it's a record for Red Bull as a team because they've now won 15 consecutive races, I believe. A record which was formerly held by Ferrari. Um, well, I've, actually, I think it was joint Ferrari and McLaren. I remember hearing the coverage say, "I could be wrong on that, so please somebody correct me." As I'm sure the internet will, um, if if I am wrong. Um, but yes, it, it's a record for both team and driver today. Uh, Max, you know, he he got a better initial launch than Science. He reacted quicker. And Sainz was very aggressive in the way he covered him off. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. Because you know, Sainz basically said, look, if you want this position, you're going to have to come and take it. And th- there was a there was a defensive move from Sainz in the, in the first team. Uh, when, um, uh, and then, then Max came on the radio and said you know, that was naughty. I don't think that was Max you know, saying, oh, he pushed me off or anything like that. I think that was just Max saying, you know, oh, that's a bit cheeky, that. Because Max knows that's absolutely the kind of thing he would have done. And there was nothing wrong with that. You know, Simon was putting up a staunch defence. It was interesting that the Red Bull, even with DRS, yes, Max was closing from, from, from about five tenths, four tenths, about two tenths. By the time they hit turn one, he just didn't quite have the legs. Um, maybe he was saving a bit. Maybe he was just biding his time and, you know, just pushing signs. Ultimately, signs made the lockup. And then next thing you know, Max is like 1.2 ahead after, after two sectors. Um, yeah, so it, it was it was a sense of it of sort of inevitability, really. Yeah, it was it was never really in doubt. Science did well to hold on, you know, defending Max as long as he did. Um, and then you know, Checo, I think this is Checo needed that race today because it could it would have been very easy to get stuck behind Russell because Russell's a very very good defensive driver. You know, you know, provided he doesn't lock up and go straight on a turn one and get himself a five second penalty. Um, you know, he um you know, he was he was positioning that car in such a good place. You know, he was basically saying to Checo, you know, if if you want to get past, you're gonna have to go, you know, to to, to the left of me. And Russell was able to stop that car. You know, maybe Checo was braking earlier, I don't know, because I think he was conscious that he didn't want to lock up and go straight on. Um and Paris just made him work, made him work, and then after a couple of Slightly more robust rounds of defence, should we say? I still don't think there was anything wrong with the way Russell was defending. Just, just, just for the record, you know, we want to see clean but hard racing, and that's what we saw, apart from Hamilton. And, um, and, uh, and, and, you know, ultimately, you know, you know, che- Checo just sort of bided his time a bit. Um, it, yes, he could have pushed harder to get it done sooner, but it wasn't really worth the risk because he was never going to catch Max for P one. And, um, you know, P2 was the best he could have got today, uh, you know, and for me, he was driver of the day. Now, I know some people will go, 
you know, on but technically in the red bong and stuff like cars like well, yes it is. But we saw in with that Red Bull, even when it was behind the Ferrari with DRS, it couldn't just breeze past him. It took Max over a dozen laps and took Max to force a mistake out of sign to actually get past him. So the the Red Bull wasn't looking quite as dominant as we expected today. Um so you know, so for signs to, to you know to, to do as well as he did. Uh, sorry, not signs. Uh Perez, uh, wrong, uh, wrong Spanish-speaking driver. Um, you know, it was a, it, it, it was a good drive for him today, and and you know, yes, P two, you know, best, you know, best he could have got, and yes, his quality performance wasn't as good, but he's never been known for being, you know, like this worldy qualifier. The kind of race he had today, that's what he's known for, and that's what Red Bull signed him for. You know, the question is, can he keep this kind of level now? Because he will be looking over his shoulder, but yeah. Record breaking weekend for, for for Max and um and, and Red Bull and good to see a one two for, for the team. And I know Phil especially probably won't like me saying that, but you know, it was uh you know, it, it, it was good to see Checo up there as well. Yeah, not quite as high up as I'd like to see Checo just one place higher. I just need what I just need that one win to avoid the sombrero. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh we will uh... You can check out some of our earlier episodes, uh, particularly ones that feature Tom Horrocks to, to get some some lowdown on that. We're not going to go into that discussion again. Um, but those are the 10, uh, 10 teams and the 20 drivers. We've gone through them all for you today. Um, uh, for, as for driver of the day, I already did give a mention to who I'm going through for driver of the day. That's Alex Albon. Um, I thought he did an excellent job today for Williams. Another points, another good points hole for them. Some great defensive driving. Really good to see. Yes, of course, that would have helped on the car, but you still got to, you still got to drive the thing. And uh, even if they took all the wings off, which I imagine they did, it would have been a handful in the corners. So, excellent job by them for that. Uh, Phil, who are you going for for driver of the day today? I'm going for Carlos Sainz, a driver for Ferrari, um, because uh, he made a Formula One race interesting for the first time in months, uh, albeit it was for 15 laps. So I didn't have to actually turn off the TV. Uh, after about two minutes, so I, I give Carlos Sainz credit for that alone. Um, also holding up to the idiocy that was all the dive bombs and other attempts that Charles Leclerc was trying to do to him, and putting up with the fact that f- his own team was trying to screw him up because it's Ferrari and their um strategies. So to be able to fight all that off, get a pole at Monza, get on the podium. Uh, to me, that's a great weekend for uh, Carlos Sainz. And uh, I personally I really was uh, happy to see it. And he, he's that's the kind of job he can do if you really gave him the support. So we'll see what happens with that. Yep, still quite a few uh, rounds to go this season. So... Fair enough, yeah. Carlos Sainz, driver for Ferrari, Cumplianos Felipe. Good weekend for him all round. Nice podium. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, Wayne, who's your pick for driver of the day? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Alex Albon. Um, yeah, for me, that I, I thought it was a great defence. You know, the, the the McLaren should be getting past that Williams. Um, and neither, neither Piastri nor Norris could do it. And Albon held off all but... You know, the, the only people that Albon didn't f- uh, fend off uh, were, were, what, was Perez and Hamilton, I think, and that were it. Um, yeah, he did a great job in defence. Um, in fact, he kind of didn't even really need to defend. He was driving that quickly, you know, even with the RS. 
uh, assistance. No, you know, people couldn't get past him. He's, he's, it was he put up a staunch defence on him, um, and you know, he's and he's collecting. Like you say, is a, like you said, it's a, it's a great point. You saw. Yeah, absolutely. Great minds think alike. Uh, so that's why Wayne's Green would be there. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Tom, yeah, I think you mentioned that uh, Sergio Perez is your driver of the day today. Uh, he is, yeah. Um, yeah, t- signs, you know, for, for you know, for, for the kind of de- defense he put up, etc. I can see why people vote for him, but he ultimately ultimately vote for P one to P three. So, yeah, not quite sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with Perez for that drive. Yeah, good weekend for him. Definitely better than it's, it has been in the past for sure. Um, yeah, and so if you want to hear more from our panelists, uh, let's uh, let's get low down on where else you can find them. Phil, I've mentioned that you are part of the Grip Strip podcast. Where, what is that, and where can people find it? Uh, thanks, Georgia. Grip Strip podcast. You can find it anywhere you hear podcasts, uh, you download or whatever. Uh, you can find it myself and Josh Hafine go and talk about all things motorsports, both in America and the world. Uh, talk about NASCAR, IndyCar, Formula One, of course. Um, albeit briefly, uh, but we talk about all different motorsports and uh, we do it weekly. So uh, you find us at Grip Strip Pod on uh, Twitter X. You can find me at PG Matthew 28 on X, Twitter X and uh, JP Huffine on Twitter X. Uh, and then you can find our Grip Strip Podcast YouTube page and also um philipgmatthew.com where my blog site which also has uh my the shows uploaded every single week so thanks uh george as always and uh great to be on with tom and owain and uh great work by jess teefy over there great name there so um as always so um always love being on the grid talk yeah and we love having you on phil as well thank you for that uh, Tom, uh, you are one half of the uh, the wonderful Formula Talk team. Uh, Formula Three has wrapped up this weekend. Formula Two, it's been a big weekend over there as well. Uh, you guys will have a review coming up for Italy soon, won't you? We will indeed. Yes. Um, you know, there's just a little bit to talk about. You know, I did put out a quick sort of ten minute piece um, after the championship for Formula Three was decided. Uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers. Um, but yeah, for, uh, Formula Talk, you can find wherever you find Grid Talk, which I'll leave yourself to plug, George. Yeah, definitely go check out those guys for the lowdown on the on the, on the feeder series. I'll be honest, I wasn't up early enough to watch the Formula 3 uh, race this morning. So so I'll definitely check out the other podcast when it's up uh, to go through things there. Um, Owain, is there anything you want to plug? Um, do, do, you want, do you want to see my... What are they called? Do we call them Zeets now or something, or Xs? What are they I'm, called? I'm out of that world and I'm staying out and I'm proud of the fact I'm staying out of it. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> click the X button on it. Just 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 yeah, just turn it off. <laughs> but no, nothing nothing of note. <laughs> oh, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Um uh, but yes, uh, Grid Talk is available on YouTube where most episodes are recorded live, such as this one, as well as Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal Pocket Cast. Just search Formula One Grid Talk on all of those. And for our massive back catalogue of shows today, I had to do a double take actually when I saw the uh, the episode number today. I was like, it can't be that high already, but it is over 300 now. We're going to pass 400, I'm sure, at some point this season as well. And uh, yeah, please consider supporting us on Patreon as well so we can get mics, lights and better recording equipment and do things like Grid Talk Live again, which I'm really, really looking forward to doing it at some point, hopefully later this year. 
Uh, and yes, also make sure you subscribe to be the first uh, to know when each new weekly episode is released as well. That's on that's on YouTube there. And we're going to be back next weekend to preview the Singapore Grand Prix. Thank you very much for listening to Grid Talk, uh, brought to you today by Bet Online. And goodbye.